Number one then, and number one now. You're listening to Heffron and Reed. Heffron and Reed. Rated number one podcast by the World Podcasting Federation and the Podcast Ranking Association. No, for real. It says it right here. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? We should start it a little different, and I wish I was better at movie quotes, but um, this is... If you can hear us, if you're getting a signal, it's John Heffern and John Reap. <laughs> now, since Facebook and Instagram has gone down, you've probably developed your tribes and are trying to move cross country to find some of the safe locations where there's 5G and internet. Follow me and John Reap's voice. We'll lead you to safety. Mm. I hope everybody's doing well. I, it's... I know you haven't been able to post your inaccurate health post on Facebook about vaccines. I know you you don't know how to pass information right now, but we're going to get through this together. Remember, in a time of crisis, there's always heaven and reap. Oh, yeah, that was good, buddy. I don't know. I was trying to trying to do the Warriors. Remember, like, did you see the movie The Warriors when? There's the radio lady the whole time, and she's like, "Welcome." And I just, my brain's not working. I couldn't even do it as, uh, you know, it would have been. I, I, I did not see the Warriors, but I got what she's doing. I like it. Kind of like we're ham radio, and everything's down. That yeah. was kind of what I was going for. Oh yeah, like uh, John Cusack in 2001, right? Where he was like this one radio dude who was predicting the end of the world and the fact that these rich people had a secret. Uh, ship that they were going to get on, and we are the secret ship. Yeah, jump on board the Heffern and Reap ship. All right, we're still out here. Yeah, I lost 226,000 <laughs> followers on my Facebook fan page, 5,000 on my personal page, and 68,000 on Instagram. So, what I still got you, Donna. <laughs> I still got you, man. Dude, listen, here, there's going to be some people killing themselves, John. There's going to well, be suicides. Listen, you'll you'll always have, uh, and then we'll bring on our guests, but you'll always have a big poster with John Reap, where say John Reap, and then it'll say Funny Bone, whatever city, and then I'll have your dates. So you'll always have everybody who, all the foot traffic of everybody who's not walking through malls in America. You always have those people. That's true. You'll have the people that went into the mall for warmth will then look at your picture. So you haven't lost everybody. I'm going to look up old pen pal letters, you know, to yeah. start. I think this is the perfect time to start. You, you've done it on your country as podcast. Grab your yearbook. Start calling those phone numbers that people yeah. wrote in them. See if they live there. And start telling them about your shows. Dude, I have theories. It's what happened. You right. get some deep, dark. Some, let's get the guest on. Let's get all talk about on. what do you think happened? All right, Alan, do we still have that video or is that lost in the Internet? Um, yeah. This, this colossal thing that's happened. Do we have anything left? That's. Everybody, oh. I'd like to bring on a guest been good friend of mine for I don't even know how many. You could be going on 20 some years, man. Years maybe. ago when there was Instagram and Facebook. We need to tell Remember that? Uh, Adam Ferrara, you've seen a Top Gear Rescue Me. Um, he's all over the place. 
decided to have him on this weekend or, or this today because this weekend, uh, well, who knows even when you're seeing this. With the way the internet's going, you might not see this till 2030. But so I don't e- I don't even know. Um, but Adam is performing uh, this. Well, should I say this weekend or the date, John Reap? What's better? Say the, say the date because, like you just said, we don't know. When, All right, so it's October seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, here's where Adam is, John Reap, and I don't even think you know. First, he's at the in Holland, Michigan, at the oh, park. I got the Theater. Grand Rapids on the sixth. I got the listening room on the sixth. Oh, oh we, didn't, we didn't do that one. You didn't do that one? I got that. No, one. we we did a uh, thing at like a laser tag um, golf top shot golf place. Yeah, on top that golf. Day. I did that in Vegas. And we didn't have a microphone uh, stand. Stand. And oh, there stand. was a karaoke okay. bar. There was a karaoke stage that had three microphone stages on it in the uh-huh. same building. And we walked over and we said, can we have one of those stands? And they said, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People helping people. Right. Just nothing. They're just no. And I'm sure they had to wake up and make it to church on Sunday. Yes. But yeah. Didn't even. Uh, so we did that. So you're at where you said on Wednesday in Grand Rapids. Yep. And then Thursday, that's when you're at the Park Theater in oh. uh, Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, that place is awesome. That the, the city of Holland's cool. The theater, right, John? That was we had yeah. too much fans. We had too many. Yeah, that's the yeah, uh, Adam. That's what happened. One night, zero mic stands. Next right. night, two mic stands. <laughs> the following night, we're, we're back to zero mic stands. Yeah, but, so yeah. Uh, so if you have a mic stand, bring it, pack it. Yeah, if you bring have it. your mic stand. I'm the, done now. The Holland Theater, you're gonna love it. The crowd was awesome. You right. feel like you're doing a rock show. Right. Um, the only thing I kind of they were all nice once we got there, mm-hmm. but they didn't pr- they didn't put one picture of me and John up or even promote us. Right? They this is that who's that guy I always say Owen? What's his name? Benjamin? Oh no, you're talking. To, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, Gary Owens. Gary Owen. All they did is they they were up on him. They posted about him nonstop. Okay. But mean, but you'll like the place. That's good. And then the bowling alley ones are really good. You're gonna like them. You're gonna that. love. That's them. Muskegon, right? Yeah, I got yeah. Muskegon on the ninth, and then I got Grand Rapids again on the eighth. So it's Grand Rapids on the sixth, Holland on the seventh, Grand Rapids on the eighth, and Muskegon on the ninth. Oh yeah, yeah. this will be fun. I think I, I was pleasantly surprised with what it was like performing. You're literally like on the lanes and the right. crowd is looking at you. So the backdrop, I mean, visually it looks pretty damn cool. cool. And, and you're tempted to grab a ball, you know, yeah. just go for it right after a joke. You know, that would be a great little rim shot. You just hit a strike. <laughs> you know? Um, Yeah. And then people aren't throwing uh, bowling balls at you while you're going, you're going to, you're going to love it. So all those dates, we'll, we'll post it. I don't even, it's weird because we're doing this. We were going to go live, mm-hmm. uh, old school. And then, and then as of right now, when we're recording this, nothing, Facebook and Instagram is it, gone. This go is down. like, people will be able to talk about this like the winter of 1976 here in Detroit when it snowed so bad. People might still talk about that. 
Yeah. I, 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 what you were doing with the Warriors at the front, it was the radio lady, and you only saw the side of her face yeah. and the lips talking into the microphone. As uh, yeah, as the Warriors try to make it yeah. across right New York, so they gotta I get back to Coney Island. Yeah, <laughs> to all to, to all fight. Um, yeah, so they gotta fight through all these gangs, and and the radio, the radio lady was given like play by play to everyone that there was like the underground, uh, the underground kind of a score. Of what's happening? Like, well, uh-huh. they just made it through one of the minor league teams. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we're the orphans. You don't walk across our stuff. Then they got to get in a fight. It's just. Well, I got to go check that out. That sounds yeah. awesome. When did that movie Ooh. come out? It, it came out in the 70s, I think. 70s. Oh, kids. man. I yeah. I was wearing just, just a leather vest. The other guy, the, the big guy had, had the Afro and like uh, Indian feathers and the Fury. The, 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 um, the Fury was um, a gang that wore Yankee pinstripes with baseball yeah, yeah. bats and they had black eyes and they would beat you up with baseball bats. This sounds awesome. Yeah, dude, it's it's warriors come out and about play. to play. <laughs> and I Joe thought, Walsh had the, the closing song in the city was the Joe Walsh song. Oh, in the city. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they could totally redo that movie. No, nah. I think they tried to. I think they they, they tried because it's a classic movie. Like if, if you're a nerd like like like, like me and John, if the, every, every kid knew that, movie, especially in New York, because it was about New York. Uh, right, and right, you know, it was right. the 70s. We had three channels. It wasn't, yeah. There was no Instagram yeah, right. Facebook like it is today, kids. No oh, I know. <laughs> what a throwback this is, man. Yeah. Well, there's that. actually more gangs, I think, now than were in the Warriors. Now you have a group of well, people with red uh, Make America Great Again hats. Mm. And then you have like you have all these different. Oh, it's yeah. everything's more divided. So there's it's not even tons. crazy gangs. It just. Right. Yes. No, it, trying to get you gags on social media. That's what we need. We <laughs> yeah. got to give them a platform. So, um, Adam, you have a podcast. Uh, yeah, right? I I, podcast. I, thirty minutes. You'll never get back. I got to have you guys on. I would minutes. be honored. I'm going to write that down. I have seen clips of it. You got some good guests on there, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, I had some fun. I had a, I got to talk to now, let me ask you guys, are you nervous? Because I got very nervous with a couple of my guests. Do you guys get nervous? Yes. Yeah? I do. Okay, who makes you nervous? Well, right now you, because I'm a fan of you. I don't know. <laughs> I met you one one or two oh. times. It's been great every time. I love what you do. Thanks, pal. I put you up there with, you know, some of these other greats, and I always get nervous when it's a good comedian and I'm like, I don't want to say something or do something stupid. But yeah, I, that happens. <laughs> We worked together in Seattle. We were at a, a casino in Seattle. It was the last time we worked together. That's right. Uh, yeah. You were doing the Hemi commercials. Yeah. I was doing Top Gear. I remember we signed a bunch of cars. I signed cars. People bring their cars. I'm signing like visors of cars and stuff. But I remember, you know why I remember? There was a green pillow in my hotel suite that matched the couch that I stole. So every time I go back to my, my place in New York, I'm going to see that green pillow. I go, I got that in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I like taking little souvenirs too. I, I like you. That's great. We both uh, have dabbled in automotive stuff. I, I've signed. I've walked out. I'm sure you've done this too, where people come up to you after the show, like, "Hey, can you come outside the parking lot and sign my my dashboard, my car?" Yeah. And, and I've I've done this like an idiot. I've walked. I've, I've followed people all the way out of the parking lot. I get in their car. They shut the door. I got like at any second they could just tank me. Yeah, now you can't leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I signed yeah. a fire truck in um 
in Philadelphia. We were on Rescue Me. We donated the fire truck we had to the Philadelphia Fire Department. And it was me, Leary, and Lenny Clark. We did the, uh, the Tower Theater. And they brought the truck out. And I signed it. And, and my wife was so mad at me because I just thought we were signing a truck. I didn't know it was a press event. So I'm wearing a stupid hat and my Rescue Me shirt. And I just I look like an idiot. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, signed, I got to sign a, a fire truck. But yeah, car people are great. I got to um, when we were doing that. Um, what I would do, because the show is real popular with the kids and sometimes kids weren't old enough to come in and see us. So I would on social media, you know, when it was running. I would say, come to the parking lot on a Saturday, you know, all the kids that can't get in and we'll take pictures. And like these minivans would show up and these kids are running out and you sign and taking pictures and you see the parents like this. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. That's funny. That's 100 percent true. It's almost like they don't want the kid to hear it because it might belittle their moment. Yeah, you have to lip sync it like. Like, yeah, they're pretty much saying like he's been driving me crazy the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Like today, obviously, uh, with Instagram and Facebook going down, mm-hmm. I always think like if if I think of comics in the eighties, right? Yeah. Sometimes I get super lazy. Going, those guys didn't have to do anything. Yeah, all you had to do was write jokes and be funny. You know, it was a whole different thing. And it's just like you had one evening at the improv credit, right? And you were a headliner and you would sell out rooms. Maybe you had to get up to do like a morning zoo stuff was kind of it. But this is so what I'm saying is um, those guys in the 80s probably still have their mailing list. Because I think a lot of those those guys sent like legit postcards to people's houses saying, "Um, I'll be in your city. Those guys are going to crush it. Cause you're the only ones who can communicate to their fans. Yeah. If they still well, live in, oh, it's a whole nother job. I mean, we have to do this. Look, I love doing my podcast cause I get to talk to people. Yeah. I have an excuse to talk to people. I mean, I got very nervous. We're talking about ner- nervous. I had Nathan Lane on the show oh, and, wow. um, changed my shirt twice before my wife was laughing. <laughs> at me. So yeah. So I was very nervous talking to him. I have uh, and car guys, you know, Leno is a friend. So he did one for me and, um, Chip Foose, the car designer. I got very, I've hit him up, hit him coming up. Um, who else? Kevin James uh, did one. I was, I was the guys from Sopranos are old friends. So, you know, you talk to those wow. guys yeah. like Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharipa, Edie Falco is a friend. So she did one. Um, but yeah, you get nervous and, and it's, uh, but I'm grateful to have this platform guys. Cause we get to talk to people. I, when was the last time I saw you two? Last time I saw you two, I was stealing a pillow in Seattle. Yeah, yeah that's right. No, yeah. I think you're onto something. Hef was like the fact that, I mean, if it stays this way, if Facebook doesn't come back and Instagram doesn't come back, coming back, it's too much money. I, I know, but I'm I'm kind of secretly thinking well, this could be a time for us old dudes where it's like, ha ha, we've been keeping emails. <laughs> we, we told you this is a pen, you sons of bitches. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. I'm still trying to relate to all the the friends that Ferrara has on his podcast. Adam, I've asked you. Might be are you the first person that I've ever asked that has come on? What? No, hey. you've had uh, John. No. You said Topher. Topher Grace? Topher Grace? No, no. I had a friend, my friend Topher, who's who's not even in the entertainment business. He did it. But yeah. I've only asked, I've asked three people. I've asked right. Gary Goldman. He said yeah. he, his internet connection is too bad. And then I saw him on 40 other things. So <laughs> like, so I get it. So yeah. Goldman said no. Um, Debbie Gibson, 
sent me a thing going, I'm just not feeling well, like in general for the rest of her life. Like right. I just won't feel well enough. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to recover do, from this. Yeah. Do read your my podcast. And oh, God. John, I wish we had time for you to, to for for you to read that whole email that she sent you. Like uh, Adam, it was the sweetest rejection letter. <laughs> like that I think has ever been written. Uh, it was like a long email. She's like, this is why I can't do it. And I know you're thinking this. And like, she's like, like broke it down. And I was right. like, that, that's how you say no. That's yeah. the, I mean, it's a lot of effort in that, but uh, it was yeah. probably more effort than it used to do the dopey show. It's like, wait, <laughs> she should have just come on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Spell check and appearance. Just come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm looking through who else said no to me, but just like pretty much and people who are on like, did Monster Boney say no? Yeah, my last email five twelve twenty. Can we push Jabroni? Not Jabroni. Jabroni. That's what I meant. You can't call him a Jabroni. Jabroni. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam Ray. Did he? Oh, these. I didn't realize. I'm pissed at all these people. As soon as Instagram comes up, I am unfollowing. I did that. Uh. Uh, oh, even people who middled for me, you motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know who said no to me? Uh-huh. William Shatner said no to me, and he's now he's going into space. There? He won't come on my podcast. He's ninety years old, but he's going into space. Wait, uh, is that true? I mean, I yeah, believe yeah. it. Okay, well, I didn't know that. he's going on after that rocket. I just saw a headline this morning. Yeah. Oh man, of course, that's so appropriate, though. Yeah. I did that. I'm kind of it's it's weird that Instagram is down because for the last three weeks I've been un, uh, just unfollowing everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna be out and I've told you before with, with John. <laughs> there's terrible. comics and and maybe I'm I'm insecure or jealous. And I know if you were able to post if this was on Facebook, you're gonna say, "Well, you're probably not funny because you have the word comedian in your Instagram handle that shows you suck." But I stopped following a lot of comics because when I saw their tours and I saw every day that they were working, I would feel crappy about myself. Oh, yeah. I I just started acing out people. I'm like, you know what? I I don't need to see success. I know. (laughs) It's not me. It's you. I can't handle it. Listen, I know I've been for 33 years. I've kept a career. But for some reason, things bug me. So I'm like, I'm going to and I'm blowing out everybody. I'm going to follow five people. I just had this goal. Right. Like Reap was one. My girlfriend was one. And then I was going to kind of have a, a three slider one where right. every couple like Arby's is maybe like my third. And then like the two, you had the win top. Arby's going to have a people. <laughs> he loves our, my tour dates are not intimidating enough to make yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get to stick around. Yeah. yeah. I know Reap's got so many holes in his dates. I'm, a, I feel okay with this. Yeah. And then uh, the few dates he has, they're with me. So we're good. We're on good terms. So, okay. You want to know what code in my house is boys with my wife? Uh, like when we, we, we at night, she goes, Adam, can we just enjoy a movie? You know what that means? That means if we're watching a movie and I see somebody I know, I'm not allowed to yell out. He's working. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Right. I know that guy. Wait yeah. a minute. I auditioned for that. I didn't read for this. And he <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, so I went through Instagram and I was going and I was just like, I just scrolled to the very beginning and I was just going to start smashing the unfollow, unfollow. Right. But then I get to a comic I knew. I'm like, well, do I unfollow? Do I? And I kind of have. But then when I hit the unfollow, it shows you if they don't follow you, it'll say, do you want to keep them in your follow? Or you can, you know, blow right. out the whole thing. No, but no comic that I felt bad about unfollowing followed me. They weren't even following me. <laughs> they weren't even following me. <laughs> 
It's a nothing burger, John. I so mean, it's not great. Right. Well, maybe and, and now I'm, it doesn't. It's not even rounds to bother you anymore. Isn't this yeah, great? You know what that is? That's like my my grudge against Mark David Chapman. I hate him because he shot John Lennon. He has no idea I have this hatred for him. <laughs> he doesn't know, awesome. but yet I have it, and and it's and it's ruining your life. Yes, I'm miserable. <laughs> <laughs> See, so John, you gotta just let go now. Maybe John did this. Maybe maybe somehow. I mean, I have theories as to why this went down. You guys have theories. Why did we lose Facebook? Who is at the bottom of it? John well, Hefford, go. I, I tweeted this picture, um, and I'm going to show you it right here on the camera. Okay. Do you see that? Yeah. That's you, right? That's me. Oh, sorry. It's horrible. Commodore, Commodore, Commodore 64. 64. I tweeted that in 1984. I wrote code called 10 uh, four. 21. And so it was the Heffron virus. I'm the reason. And yeah. Yeah. So. You gave Facebook and Instagram COVID. I'm pretty yeah. sure it had to do with the 60 minutes thing. They're, they're pulling some yeah. shit down. They're yeah. cleaning some stuff up. They're, where they're wiping out some evidence. Oh, we're back. Oh, now that's good. Now, so yeah, it happened that. last night. Oh, that's we're not. going down. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The timing's very suspicious. I saw the same thing, and Sunday morning had something on it too. Some CBS Sunday morning show. So there were two special two two stories about the uh, Facebook whistleblower going off. Yeah, and- the Wall Street Journal had the articles for a week coming out. Nothing just happens. They spoon feed you a little bit, and then all of a sudden, we had an outage. Really? Yeah. So you think it's happening from within Facebook? Uh, that possibly they're just cleaning up their own. Oh, that's good. See, I was covering thinking, their own shit, whatever it is. Like, what do I know? I didn't write code in the 80s on a Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah. Well, Heifer could tell us. Yeah, it's not, us it's probably not that hard to knock down WhatsApp, Instagram and Facebook. There's not like, you know how in your kitchen you probably have. I have a light switch that I get it wrong since I bought this house. Mm-hmm. One light switch turns on the garbage disposal. The other one is the, the, the light. I always okay. click on the light, but the garbage disposal thinking it's a light scares the shit out of me. And then I flip it. I just so Facebook isn't probably like that. There isn't probably a a kitchen light and then turn Facebook off light. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably. Well, I know I can I can make WhatsApp go down anytime I try to use it. As soon as I try to fucking call somebody, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. I've never had much success with WhatsApp. I mean, yeah. I got one friend overseas who I use that, and that's it. I don't even use. Is WhatsApp even a social media thing, or is it just it's like a-, a phone thing? You can text, you can send pictures. Yeah. Now there's commercials on it. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering Wouldn't if you weird if you had a conversation like on WhatsApp, and then a commercial. Just like, <laughs> in the middle of the conversation. like you're doing a live read. Like God, tell me what the gig is like. Oh, hey, hey, Adam, what's going on? Where do you where are you at this weekend? Do you need aluminum siding? Oh, your home the oh, best treatment. Is that you, John? <laughs> aluminum you siding. Conversation just right after argument. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just think we should just the girl goes. I just think we should just break up. Call Roman. Roman is your thing for erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Go to Roman.com. You're like, yeah. what? It's not you. It's, it's me. <laughs> Don't worry about her. There's plenty of women on Bumble. Where they- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, that would. No, I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Well, can't give happen. it an hour. Yeah. Someone's yeah. listening to this and they can come up with it. <laughs> we should do that, though. Um, so, wait, oh, oh, John, who owns Twitter? That guy with Jack, the beard and the and the wolf Jack Dorsey guy. Is he friends with Zuckerberg? No, he's they've been trolling like the thing. He's been 
like they tweeted uh, literally it, it, the tweet said from Twitter, literally hello to everyone. Oh, just yeah, I think they're like Lex Luthor and Superman. They're like, more yeah, those two. <laughs> well, but, what if the bearded guy from Twitter, right? Like somehow gave some money under the table to the female, the lady, the whistleblower who was working at Facebook is like, I need you to take them down. Mm-hmm. And here we are. I mean, that could be, I don't know. I like to stir the pot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, it's the, the weird thing about, I think, with Facebook and all that stuff is it gets really political, right? Like, are they doing shady things? They're, they're passing misinformation. They're doing it on purpose. And I, I'm so wishy-washy. And maybe I need to take a stand in my life. But I'm always like, that's bullshit. How dare they do that? And then I'm like, okay, now I got to buy ads to promote my Michigan date. Yeah. Like, it's well, weird. It's, it's, it's the delivery system. Look, it's, it's, it's like a car. You know, cars are a great thing. But, you know, you put some idiot behind it with a couple of drinks in them. Now it's a dangerous friggin' thing. You know, right. so it's, it's the, the algorithm is what's is what's just is the scary thing is the control of the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. They said that during that story, I'm, John Heffern, did you see the same 60 minute story that me and Adam are talking about? No, no, I didn't. It's see really it. good. Uh, they were talking about one follower. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Did you unfollow her, John? That's what yeah, led to this whole thing. Yeah, let's, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Wait till oh, you guys want to get me started. Pascatelli, if you can hear me, you're ghost. Yeah, you're in trouble, buddy. Yeah. So, no, I, it, it was interesting because they were talking about the algorithm, how the algorithm basically. At one point, it was where you know you, you you would get notifications on things that you like that you signed up for, right. and then the algorithm said, "No, no, no, we're going to give you things that we think will you'll engage more," which is usually negative, sort yeah. of hateful things, and that's just what took over, which is why girls are depressed and all this other stuff. Well, that's the other thing. There's, there's even comics. Look, I know a comic that that that's got some success now. His manager goes on his Facebook to start fights to keep the algorithm going. Right. It's the guy's manager. Wow. Yeah, so we're not negative enough, John. We're too nice. Well, the thing, well, the thing about negativity, it's easy. It's yeah. easy and it's effective. Anger's a drug. Anger's like, you know, that the aggression and that, that it's a drug. And you I know, know, it's an I know. That, that can be manipulated. Yeah, no, you're right. It hits these endorphins and it just it makes you react, and that's what they want you doing is yeah. hitting like or thumbs down or whatever it is. Yeah, it's an impulse. It's it's like when you put impulse items at the supermarket. It's the same theory, but now it's just like, yeah, you son of a bitch. I got to give money to stop this. And they yeah. want you while you're angry. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, uh, you say, John? I, I I know comics. You know that you know, even years ago weren't that political and now suddenly have way political podcasts in its way. And yeah. when you see them, you see how easy it is, literally how easy it is to manipulate your audience and just say what you know is going to get them crazy. Okay. Let me ask you this. I, I've never did politics. I was always a student of the human condition. I just yeah. wanted to connect. That's just, that's, that's just the way my thing, but how, do, how, how do you live with yourself? How do how do you live with yourself? If you're going to do that, look, I got a wife and I got a mortgage and this woman eats every day. So I got bills (laughs) yeah, and I got worries about paying those bills, but I just can't live with myself pumping out shit. I don't believe in, but you know, the guys I'm talking here. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it seems exhausting. It's exhausting. Number one, number two, I mean, uh, 
yeah, you're right. How do you live with yourself? And also, like, aren't you always looking over your shoulder? Like, if you're pissing people off all the time and you know that your dates are out there and they could just follow you where anywhere you want to go. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, someone's going to show up with a knife or a gun at one of your shows. Do you remember the movie Talk Radio with Eric Bogosian? Yes. Yes. That's that what was, that is, man. Mm-hmm. That, and that was way before this stuff got really bad. That's when, you know, when we were kids with the kid in the mall and everything, it was just... It's all scary shit. Yeah. Oh, so I was trying to, it's weird on Instagram. I thought I could pull this up, um, but I just went to Instagram and I click on the uh, comments and there's none. So I was at the punchline in San Francisco this weekend and there was a sign on the door that said comics, please don't lean on a backdrop or poke the ceiling tiles on stage. Thank you. And then I wrote, I'm so sick of these big corporations telling me what I can and can't do. This is America. I have rights. Hashtag freedom. This yeah. guy and people went off going, if you're comparing people trying to be forced to get vaccine, uh, vaccinations, then that's apples to oranges. Keep the leftist bullshit off of like literally for or people. It could just be a funny sign with a random thought. That's all. Oh, you can't get sarcasm. There's nothing. I, I, this has been my experience, gentlemen. It's everyone is so freaking wound up. And the uncertainty breeds people would rather choose unhappiness over uncertainty. So yeah. I'd rather be angry yeah. because like at least I can hang on to something. Wow. Uncertainty is like fuck. So you got all this energy and you're just looking for something for it to land on. It's like, you know, when 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 oh he's drunk. You don't go home, don't go home when he's drunk, you're in the orbit. And all of a sudden yeah. they take it out on you. That's Ooh. so true. I didn't think of it that way. Like people would rather have have a yes or a no or an anger or a love than this gray middle area of yeah. I don't know this limbo I don't know where to put my emotions or my feelings so I'll just go with it's got to be bad yeah and and that's so true that's so yeah, true yeah and we just we're just you just wander into the and you can find here's the thing you can dial up any reality you want on this phone yeah you know, yeah. You yeah, yeah you can yeah. and, and that's and the people with the algorithms can feed you whatever. I got friends of mine, people I love very much. Like I did the research. No, you didn't. <laughs> I love it when I people say I, that. I did the. You work. You don't know what remote turns on the TV. What research did you do? You brain trust. <laughs> I also and I brought this up, Adam, uh, in the last podcast. It, it's funny because I think the three of us are the same. Like I look at myself as a distraction comic. I would yeah. joke about relationships, random fun things. And for that hour that you're at my show, it's just kind of fun pop music. It's Matchbox 20. I'm not I'm not making you I'm not changing the world. I'm not trying to get you to sign a petition. It's just um, it's just a just a thing. Well, yeah. other comics have the approach of you got to use your voice for social change. You're being hacky if you're if you're not challenging people's thoughts and minds. I'm like, ugh. Uh, okay. Well, it's, well. First of all, I, 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 I'm not playing. You know the 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 challenging club. I'm playing the comedy club. So <laughs> step one: be funny. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank be you. Funny first, and if you can be funny with a social message or a point of view, God bless you. The jester was the one that could speak truth to power. He was the hunchback that could tell the king, "Going, you fat." You know, <laughs> you yeah, could right. say it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, even the stuff I'm writing now, I'm taking the position of here's my position. Um, And I got a bit in my act. It's it's like I'm in the middle lane just trying to get home. That's all I want to do. I want to get home. I don't want it too far to the left. 
because then you hear defund the police. Like, no, we need the police. <laughs> right, right. I, don't, I don't go too far to the right because then you hear we're in a mess against the Constitution. I don't think the virus read the Constitution. I just want to go home. I just want right. to go home and take care of my family. So I'm willing to do stuff that that reflects my point of view to be authentic to my position. But I'm not going to shit on someone else's position mm-hmm. because yeah. it's it's you're entitled to it. Look, I've been, I'm married. I've been wrong many times. I'm <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's uh, that's that's a great point. I don't like it when people have these hard facts or these hard truths based on what? I mean, wh- yeah. wh- you don't know. All I know is that I don't know everything. And yeah. I don't like it when people talk so confidently about something when I know, like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like a hundred percent to to speak that so like boldly and truthfully, but yeah. I'm like you, dude. I'm gonna stay in the middle lane. I and yeah, I just do it because I I feel I'm maybe I'm egotistical. I just have so many bits that I want to get through when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. Stopping down to, to to debate somebody, I don't have time for it. Yeah, I, and it's when not why we're all here. Here's here's the one thing I like about. Well, many things I like about my job, but one thing that that always and it's I don't know how you you guys discovered funny or how you fit in, but it's how I fit in in my family. It was I found my usefulness by making everybody laugh. My dad was my hero, worked like a dog, came home every day, saw that look on his face, worried about money, food on the table. But I could just see that look. I love cars. I didn't have his mechanical ability, so I always felt less than. But when I made him laugh, that look went away. Mm-hmm. And that smile came on his face. So for that moment, I was like, oh, that's what I can do. I can right. take it away. I can make that. And that translated into I'm playing for the guy or the girl laying in bed at night, single mother, single, whoever's raising a kid, staring at the ceiling going, how the hell am I going to pay for all this? How am I going to get through all this? The, the guy or the, or the woman just trying to make it all work. They've spent money to come and see me. They've made their choice with all the entertainment choices to come and see me. They got a babysitter. They got a two drink minimum. Whatever's bothering you, I'm going to take it away for an hour. Right. Yeah. Right. You're going to have the bullshit when you go home. But yeah. for right now, let me make it. Let me make you happy. Yeah, I agree. Here, here. I'm with you, too. I, like, John, you were saying that a lot of these comics are, you know, there's the new wave where it's like, well, we have to have a social justice thing in our act. And, and, uh, and it bothers me when I hear it too much without a laugh. Yeah, like, without a laugh. There it's needs to be a laugh. There Very needs to be a laugh. I mean, TED talk. Of, yeah. yeah, it's like you're I, doing a TED talk. And that's fine if you just call it a TED talk. Don't call it a yeah. comedy show. You know? Yeah, but uh, we're, you see, boys, we've been in country over what? 25 years. Easy. Yeah. So we've been doing this and there's a natural change in progression to anything. Our line of work, the way we approach it, our craft. I appreciate the craft. If I don't see the craft, Mm -hmm. then that makes me angry because I think you're not not like you kids today. I'm like, you're not you're not doing what the art form is. Right. You're 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 perverting the art form for uh, a different means. And, and maybe, it's just, when, maybe I'm a get off your lawn guy, but no. you, have to, you have to respect. And I think, or it's when you start. So when I started, but there's guys our age. I'm trying to think if there's guys who've done it as long as we have. No, this guy's our age. Most of them are dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if they've, if they've changed their thing. But when I started doing comedy in the eighties, right. I, I think it's like whatever musical genre was going on at the time, right. Eighties bands sounded like eighties bands. 70s bands sounded so when i started comedy every comic i saw on tv was have you seen this commercial about this 
Have you and seen that came was, from Robert Klein? <laughs> yeah, it was very yeah, it was very that. And then it kind of started getting a little personal. And then, you know, now it's even more and more personal. And now the, you know, first thing on stage, a comic puts his drink down and I was raped by five people when I was like, whoa, like, so now it's like really kind of uh, extreme. So I I do the same comedy that I did in the 80s. And people have said, well, you you haven't developed. I've always just kind of. Talked about relatable yeah, stuff. But you're talking about your truth and you're true to what you're true. Look, I got, I just went back to, uh, I still got my apartment in New York in the city. So I went back to the cellar and I did spots at the cellar for a couple of weeks and you get your city legs back. I mean, that's the octagon. The mm-hmm. comedy cellar is the friggin' octagon. Cause you're following Amy Schumer's coming in, you know, Chris yeah. Rock before you got the code, everyone's coming in. So you got to get good quick and you see different styles and there's no, this you've been in that room. It's tiny, low ceiling, and there's no in between. It, you know, next act, and it's just boom, boom, yeah. boom, mm-hmm. boom. Mm-hmm. There's no time for um, stuff that doesn't fit because you're going to lose the energy that you're. You have to enter at the level of the room, and that room energy is so high. Yeah. You got to yeah. come out throwing fire. Yeah, and that's a different that that's a different thing. Which I lost that skill is that short set pop in guest spot thing. I'm not yeah. in that world anymore. Like when it I comes play, back, because I'll be honest with you, I was like Bambi on the ice when I came back. And I, <laughs> right. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, right. And then the, the second set, I went, oh, okay. And you become a better editor. I was going to yeah. say writer, but you become a better editor because I always looked at it like, you know, boys, we go on the road. If you write two new minutes on the road, it's like buying cocaine. Then you come back to New York <laughs> and you boil it off and you make crack. So if you write two new minutes on the road, you maybe have. 30 seconds or a minute of bang, bang, bang. (laughs) So you become a better editor in New York and in that environment. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Isn't it funny how like, yeah. So we're good at doing an hour. You know, it's like, okay, you take a week off, you go headline, you're like, okay, I I got this. Mm -hmm. Then you do that for what? I don't know, 10 years. And it's like, okay, you need to pop, work on a TV set. And that scares the crap. It's harder to edit. It's harder to bring it down. What, what am I, what from this hour of comedy I have, what, Am I going to choose what seven minutes represents everything or what do you do? How do you do that? That's very hard to do. Well, here's the, what I, and I didn't, I wanted to do those. Like I did Letterman, Leto and Tonight Show and Cord and all that stuff. I do them. I don't particularly enjoy them that much because it's not my style. But once I figured out how to do them, I was like, okay, it, it puts structure into the anxiety. Lack of structure triggers my anxiety. That's the uncertainty, John, we're talking about. So I figured, all right, I'm going to put my best joke second to last because the last joke, you raise your hand, the band kicks in. Why are you going to waste an applause break? There you go. So I put that second to last. What's that joke about? I want to build to that joke. And I know I got to get a laugh in the first 10 seconds because that's what the producers are going to tell us to do. So you just boom, boom, boom. The only I strayed from that formula. Last time I did Corden, I got a bit about anxiety. It's a two minute bit. So I built my set around that bit. It's only four and a half minutes. So I had to build to that bit. And once I'm in that bit, I'm stuck. And I got an applause break in the middle of it. So I had to dance and keep going. So once I figured out how to do it, I knew how to do it. But it's not my natural thing. Here's one thing I found that really helped me. When you're in commercial, especially when you're doing stand-up on late night, they're in commercial, the band's playing. I always poke my head out and look at the audience. And they start clapping and waving because now that initial energy has gone. I'm like, we made friends. And I... I'm already I'm already settled in because I've already done it. That is 
brilliant. You're yeah. exactly right. Cause we kind of do that. I kind of do that at even comedy clubs, you know, cause if you're the headliner, yeah. the crowd at some point is going to turn around and go, is he, is he even, is he in here? Yeah. yeah. And, and even during that moment, I'm back. I'm just do I'm I'm back to sometimes I'll pull my shirt up because I know they're gonna turn around. Right. Like you know, with the with the MC's like and he's in the building and they all turn around to see if he's in the building and then yeah. there I am with my shirt off. So even that is a t- is a is kind of what you're doing. It's kind of like you're saying, like, isn't this crazy? I'll be back yeah. in a minute. And that's that is awesome. What yeah, is, it's such an icebreaker. We always worry about getting the first laugh to settle in. So I'm getting the first laugh before I even do oh, the set. So I'm already genius. settled in. Oh, you know man. who you know who did who did that, who I never saw anybody do that is um I did a few shows with Kathleen Madigan mm-hmm. and she did the off stage. So she would go to the mic and go, Hey everybody, welcome. It's Kathleen, and people clap and she'd say something kind of funny like i just started drinking i'll be up in an hour but mm. welcome my good friend john and she, they were laughing at her thing yeah. and she's welcoming in that and obviously kathleen goes up and would crush even if yeah. she didn't mm. do that but that was that was a cool thing because yeah i don't know yeah, so yeah so that for me and at the height of his fame who did golf weight oh, okay. and this was this was the coolest thing he ever did I mean, for me, not ever did, but the coolest thing he did for me. Um, I was opening for him at a college in Florida. It was the morning Sam Kennison died. Mm. So they, and they had that big fight on Howard Stern. So everyone oh, was, right. it was that much. So, you know, no one knew Sam was going to die. So I'm opening for him. And, you know, opening for a band, you're, you're, you're in the way. Opening for a big <laughs> comic, especially him. They, they're already like, <laughs> they're all doing him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm working for these people that are having a stroke. You know, they don't want to see me. So he goes on stage first. It's just, it's an amphitheater, so it's out out. So he goes on stage first in character. Then he breaks character. He goes, I just want to take a minute and tell you that Sam Kennison died, and and we didn't get along. And his voice starts breaking character. We didn't get along, and 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 if we're ever going to apologize, now we can't. So if you're mad at somebody, think about not being mad at them because this feeling really sucks. I'm going to be out in a little bit, but my friend Adam Farrar is going to come out and entertain you for a little bit. Here he is now. And he introduced me. So oh, he wow. gave me credibility with the crowd. Yeah. And he's and he and he. So I just remember that going. That's a guy who's got awareness of of the guy in front of him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Would you that's guys crazy. do that? Reap, would you do that? Like thinking that if you were whatever club you're at. Right. Let's say you, you're. Boy, I, I know people's schedules more than mine because I don't have any. Anyway, so you're <laughs> John at uh, Good Nights, I believe, mm-hmm. in Raleigh in a few weeks, correct? Yes, yes, yes. And the reason why I know that is a good friend of mine, Matt Bergman, is recording an album with you that weekend. Right. Going what Adam said, I'm not telling you to do this, but at yeah. any random club, let's say it's that weekend, would you walk up first, say thank you everyone for showing up here at Good Nights, Matt Bergen recorded an album. Make sure that you you yeah. really stop talking. Whatever. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Welcome your host and walk. I've never thought about doing that. I think I think, I think it's I think it's a cool move. I've yeah. I'm, I may have done it once or twice for like guys that are just you know they're nervous or something, and mm-hmm. it's totally my crowd. Um, that, then that's a cool move. I wish Brad Paisley would have done that for me. Oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> I opened for Brad Paisley at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, uh, you played the Hollywood Bowl? I played the Hollywood Bowl. 
And I, he, Brad liked me. I mean, John, we all did a thing together on Netflix, and he's like, come open for me at the Hollywood Bowl. And, and I jokingly said, wouldn't it be funny if I went out there and started setting up stuff like I'm a roadie mm-hmm. and then just get into it? Like, I was kidding. He goes, yeah, uh, do that. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, oh, shit. And so I thought, well, I'm in it now. So I'm out there and I'm had he come out and said, Hey guys, uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, I want you to watch my special friend. Uh he's a comedian, uh, you know, give him a yeah. shot. I I I it was an uphill batter a battle sure. after that. I mean, I, I, I it took me like five minutes to get him, and then I had five minutes and it was over. Yeah. But uh, oh, wow. I, I I see the uh, the necess- the 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 need for that for for an event like what you were doing, Adam, where it's a gigantic rock star, Goldthwait venue kind of thing. But I, I would if Bergman asked me to do that, I would. I don't know him that well, mm. but if he wanted me to do that, I would. It, no, I, I just think, I just think it's a cool like now that I'm said it's just like a cool. It's different, right? It's different. It's not what you normally do. Um, I don't like. I went when I was in San Francisco uh, did my show and then got done. And I had so many people come up and go, Hey, we took a chance on you. Never heard of you. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, and I had that said enough where I was like, what, whatever. And then I asked the club, they're like, yeah, no one's this whole part of San Francisco's dead. We just kind of sent out an email, you know, to everybody. So I didn't realize nobody in the crowd, you think everybody knows you. Literally, it was a crowd of people who never. <laughs> yeah, heard that's that. the thing with with the city. It's not our crowd. It's yeah. a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so. yeah, that's a different vibe. So I don't know if going on stage going, hey, I'm, I'm your headline. Anyway, you have got things for yeah, my no, They're coming to see Reap. Reap's headlining. He's easy. You know, he, they, they, right. that, that's my that's my home club, too. So I'll have yeah. people there that will definitely there to see me. So if. Yeah, I, I get that. But you're right, though. It, San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles, there are crowds that come no matter who it is. And yeah, yeah they, they're coming you. for the venue. They're yeah. coming for the cellar. They want to see that. You played the Hollywood Bowl, Reap. Holy <laughs> shit. I survived the Hollywood Bowl. Doesn't matter. You can put that on the resume. <laughs> yeah. I played, okay, I played the Greek theater. I opened for Lionel Richie. Oh, wow. Greek. Yeah. So you know, come see Lionel Richie, fifty-year-old white people. That's yeah, what uh, what bands have you, John? So I know you did John Ray, uh, not John Reap. You performed for John Reap before. Um, Brad Paisley, Lionel Richie. About, oh yeah. No, I'm thinking of what bands I opened for. Uh, Eddie Money. Yeah. Nice. I, like, because I, I do more like corporate events. They always have like a big act, and yeah. then the comic. So I've done Eddie Money. Um, uh, who, uh, uh, I can't think of anyone else. Maybe it was just Eddie Money. I did, uh, Dwight Diana Ross. How can I forget Diana Ross? Diana Ross. Diana Ross? You almost yeah. Diana Ross? Yeah. And that How was one of the that? ones where where was, that? Where, where was she playing? A huge corporate event. And how much cash are you spending? You had Diana Ross performing. And wow. it was one of those ones where everybody was so stressed that I literally got booked to open for her because the the guy who does the corporate events knows I don't I don't ask for anything in the green room and yeah, I just yeah, kind of yeah. stand on a speaker box or sit on one yeah. until I get introduced and then you, I walk don't even stage. want a mic stand. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's funny. That's uh, crazy. Adam, so did you get to meet uh, Diana Ross at all? No, no it was. Yeah. I don't want to say it was a no eye contact thing, but that yeah. was the vibe that everybody had. 
Back. That was the that was the line. Of, okay, so I'm at the Greek Theater, right? I yeah. I get the gig because um, I, I get a call. I opened for one of the judges at the Performing Arts Center the night before, and Lionel wants a clean show. And the guy who opened for Forums did a blowjob joke, so I got a call that <laughs> night on my way home. Went over for Lionel Richie. I'm, now I'm coming up you know, tomorrow morning. Okay, uh, so I go to the Greek Theater, and it's outdoors, Reap. So it's you know yeah. there's no fucking. I, I have been. I love that place. <laughs> So I'm on stage and you don't know if you're laughing. People are coming in and and he's, you know, I'm not going to see him. You just there. You just, I do, do my 20 minutes. I walk off. The whole band is on the side of the stage. Sheila E was in the band. I'm looking at Sheila E. She's gorgeous. And this yeah. giant bass player, this Ving Rhames looking guy standing there comes up to me after I go, goes, you did great. Usually we just stand here to watch motherfuckers <laughs> die. <laughs> And then Lionel walks by. Oh, He's ready to go on stage. And, you know, I'm still got the adrenaline and I meant to say hello. So I turned to Lionel and I went, oh, there's. And they said, no, no, you can't look at him. Because, you know, I, I didn't know you weren't allowed to. Because I just turned as he walked by and I went, hello. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, he seems like a super nice guy, though. So you can't you couldn't talk to him. Or I, I guess, you know, he's in his work mode. The guy yeah. from Train was like that, too. I opened for Train at this uh at this outdoor thing in Vegas and he's in his own and wow. you know, I can respect somebody who does it. Carlin was that I opened for Carlin and you can't go into the green room. Yeah. Yeah. It's because, you know, that's his room. He rehearsed, but afterwards more than welcome to come by. It was a comedy yeah. magic. He was working on his last special. Yeah. yeah same. I, I was that. at the, the same place and yeah. closed the room that that yeah. was the only time I got. No, the only time, the second other time I got kicked out of the comedy uh, magic club green room, which is, which Okay, it is. If, if you're listening, you're not a comic. It's that's a weird thing to have happen to you. That room <laughs> usually is, especially when you're on the show. Yeah, it's every <laughs> famous comic and every brand new comic is literally eating potatoes, chicken, or steak dinner all together in this booth. Yeah, like that's just kind of no matter how famous you were, everybody's just in, in the room. The only hey, other time, Gary Shannon, I, you got a little something here, Gary. Yeah, you, and that was kind of like that was awesome. Daniel Tosh is the only one I was on the show with him where I was not allowed in the green room. Daniel Tosh. <laughs> and I looked in there. It was him. These two little yipey dogs. Just those dogs I just can't understand own, owning as a human. Uh, it, so I got so I had to go and, and Mike, the guy who owns it. He's got a room that has a fax machine and some and some cabinets. And yes. I just sat in there and stewed the whole time. And well, then at least I got thrown out for calling. <laughs> well, yeah, I did, right. but I was in there. But that one I under, uh, understood, and I heard Carlin did his whole did forty five minutes, did it in the green room. Yeah, before he went on stage. Wow, see, he's such a wordsmith, though, that I could see a hundred percent needing that pre-show right yeah. before i mean that's rehearsal it's like he's doing a one-man play almost mm -hmm. with because he's such a wordsmith so i get that uh daniel tosh uh <laughs> maybe he just didn't like you could be hold on let me find the instagram if you're on daniel tosh unfollow uh, well you know what who, who did that not just to me but like to any um and I and like I said, I get it. Oh God, now I'm drawing a blank. Who and you know I'm Adam Farrar, who sings uh, I'm an asshole. Dennis Leary. Oh Dennis, yeah. 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 Dennis Leary was doing a thing at Good Nights. I'm talking when I was an MC. Yes, yeah, you're going way back. Yeah, yeah, and they're like and they're like, we're all like, is he here? Like, yeah, yeah, but no one's allowed in there. 
Yeah. You, you guys can't go in there. I'm like, well, okay. when I was, when I started comedy, this is in the eighties, you weren't like, if you were hosting, you just never thought about going into the green room. It yeah, was, that was, like, that was a, the headliner. Yeah, that was the, for the headlines. But that, you know, Dennis was an actor before he was a comic. Lenny Clark was the one that dragged him. And I'll tell you what, he, when we did the rescue me comedy tour, yeah, it was me, uh, it was me, Lenny, uh, uh, um, uh, who else? Uh, Dennis and the band, right? So mm-hmm. Dennis went up first and did a half hour. Dennis welcomed everybody. He sang a song with the band. Then he did a half hour, 40 minutes, whatever it is. Brought up Lenny, did another song in between. Kenny Rogerson was on the tour, brought him up, another song in between. Then then I went up at the end. Did I did my 20, another song in between. Then we all sang the asshole song and we threw T-shirts out into the crowd and, and then got on a tour bus. Wow. So opened the show for uh, for like a half hour, 40 minutes, just seeing him. And they're like, oh, my God. You know, so we had all that credibility again bringing us up. I didn't know he was an actor first. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And he's cousins with – I know he's cousins with Conan O'Brien. Conan, yeah. Yeah. yeah he uh, went to school with um, Mario Cantone. They all went to Emerson together. Gina Gershon. Mario Cantone, he, really he's, he was headlining out. when I first started doing comedy, and I thought that guy was the funniest – like on eighteen, dude, he get on stage and I, I don't remember his act, but he was he was very, you know, just very not flamboyant, but he would say it just how it was so funny. I would just sit so, back there. You couldn't stop watching him. Yeah. I mean, it didn't matter what he was talking about. He was yeah. so visually him and Kevin engaging. Me yeah, Kevin May was the same when he would just get That's on stage. That's not right. And yeah. you just go, my penis, my pe-. like it was so. There's so many guys when I first started that I would just I'd watch every show. Mm-hmm. I would just go, man, these yeah, just amazing. There's a guy named Chris Rush who was started with Carlin in the city. He started before there were comedy clubs. He recorded his album at the Bitter End, and that guy just ripped the top of my head off. It was just like he's one of those guys. Like Pryor, first time I saw Pryor Boys, it was the Santa Monica concert. It was a VHS tape. I went to one of those parties. You know, when you, your mom and dad would take you to the parties and they get yeah. the warning in the car. Like mom would turn around like, now don't behave like an animal. Your father does do business with these people. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So they were all watching prior downstairs. They went up to have coffee. I snuck into the rewound the tape standing. Boys, I'm standing up with my mouth open, just watching him. Mm. He didn't have an intro. He just walked up and grabbed the mic and started talking. Wow. I didn't understand a lot of it. I was 12, but I remember saying out loud to nobody, like, look what this man can do. <laughs> right. Holy shit. How old are you? You said you were 12 when you saw that? Wow. Wow. The, the bit where he's walking through the where he's walking through the woods, a black guy walking through the woods, and a white guy walking through the woods, the snake bit, the heart attack bit. Like I said, I didn't understand a lot of the drug stuff. Yeah. But I was like, this guy's amazing. But at that age, you're at least aware of the power he's having on other adults yeah. live in that moment. And it's like, that's that's a drug. That's yeah. crazy. And to realize if I repeat that stuff on the school bus, I'm making people laugh. Right, right. I'm not going to get beat up. So it was yeah. like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like I found my funny through him. I think we all find our funnies through, you know, we learn how to be funny by people that – that we connect to, and then we find our voice in there. Who was who was it for you, Reap? Wow. Well, as a kid, I would watch. You know, everybody watched cartoons growing mm-hmm. up, and then I remember uh, the certain station would play old Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin movies. 
Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I remember watching Jerry Lewis, and he's like a cartoon. Yeah. And yeah. I would laugh my head off at Jerry Lewis. And that's how mm-hmm. I, I got into like adults doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And then it switched. Oh, as, as I got older, I discovered Steve Martin. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, then of course, Richard Pryor, Joy, all these other guys. Um, but it started there. I remember the first comedian I saw live where for an entire hour I could not stop laughing. And I had my hand up begging them to stop talking so I could breathe. <laughs> and it was uh, Brian Regan. Yeah. Who is still one of the best ever. Yeah. So, but yeah, it started with uh, Jerry Lewis. I yeah. still think he's one of the greatest. I got, I got introduced. So my mom uh, worked for the, this place in Michigan called Binder Building Company. Mm-hmm. And Mike Binder, who's a director. Binder. In a, in a comic, he was like 19 or 20 doing stand-up comedy. He came into the office where my mom worked and she asked him about thing. And he goes, I'm working on. And I remember him doing a bit to my mom. I don't even know what it was, but I was a little kid. Whatever the math is, I'm 11. I'm like, right. why is this guy his cadence? Why is he talking to my mom like this? It was a weird because he's not talking like this. He's like, yeah, so I'm working on a bit. You ever walk into a store and right. the animatronic guys are and it was almost like it was a, a rehearsed conversation. And mm-hmm. I was just confused on why he talked that way. And I asked my mom, why did why does he talk that way? I just I didn't. <laughs> and he's like right. he was doing a stand up comedy bit where and my, my mom was a huge laugher. And then I'm like, I don't. So then she got me George Carlin plays for my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Steve Martin, like I got it. And as I'm listening to Carlin's, I'm like, I think he's got a book thing up, like pussy or something. And I'm asking my mom, she's like, that part's dirty. And I kind of just was like, oh, this is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. I got wow. the Carlin and I got the Steve Martin album for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that one was just uh, the, oh, wow. King Tut on it. I'm playing King Tut over and yeah. over. Who do you I, think? As I got older, it changed. I remember it going from like Steve Martin, and then it kind of got like you know Prior Murphy, mm-hmm. and then I, and then I got on a whole kick. And this was like um, I was nineteen, or you know those the right. My I call it my gangster phase, where I was mm-hmm. like, women ain't nothing but hoes and tricks, right. and I was like, <laughs> it was all about Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. For about three or four years for me, I memorized an album, a double cassette thing that he did called Day to Laugh to Die. Yes. I had it memorized. And I remember thinking, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life because he eventually walks the whole room. Yeah. He did that at Dangerfield. (laughs) Yeah. That was just his recordings at Dangerfield. Yeah. It's insane. But I had never heard anything like that. Right. And, and, you know, just his attitude and the whole New I had, style was crazy to me back then. I had my foot in two different things. Like prior was just like the pathos and the storytelling and the, and the different emotions he's got. And then, um, uh, the, uh, the 2000 year old man, I found that old out, that old Mel Brooks album. And that brought a bunch of history and shit in there. I'm like, Oh my God, there's already, cause I remember thinking, there's just stories that have already been told that I can use. You know, I didn't really think that. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, this is this is a common area I could use as an example for something. So I was just putting the pieces together in my head. And a lot of it was my family because they didn't even know they were funny. <laughs> right. They had no clue they were funny. Yeah. My father. OK, my great my great grandmother was in the ICU. She was dying in the ICU. It was my mother's mother. Um, my mother's grandmother's mother. Mean woman. 
just a mean woman. She was, she's a miserable drunk. She used to hit us with a cane. She was a mean woman. So she came down to the elevator. My mother's crying. My father's rolling his eyes. And I hear them because we couldn't go up. And my, my, my mother goes, Joe, I don't think she's going to make it. My father lit his cigarette. He says, she's going to live forever. You watch. <laughs> How can you say that? Because God don't want her and Satan's afraid she'll take over. Get in the car. <laughs> that came right out of his mouth. That's great. Yeah. So, so, oh my God, I, that's a hundred percent. I got an uncle. You'll love this because I had to work at a good year for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my uncle was like that, that, the smoke, he always smoked, trying to teach me how to change brakes, pulls off a brake drum. Right. Where there's asbestos dust all up in there. Sure. He waves <laughs> off the dust and it, and I'm not, this is a real thing. Like what you just said with the cigarette, he goes, get back. That stuff will give you cancer. <laughs> 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 and he wasn't trying to be funny. No, which no, is yeah. why it was so great. Yeah, because it's no. like a little show just for you. Yeah, he has no <laughs> clue. He's just in his moment, in his way. My father would smoke Luckies without the filter. Yeah, and I'd be like, "Pop!" He's like, "Filter's bad for you. It's got chemicals and shit." <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my God, John, what about you, bud? Who? Um, I mean, do, do you have like family members, like real, real things like that? That will you? Because I, I know you do a lot of, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm not good at char- like. I've never do characters. I would, I would do a lot of just family scenarios. Is kind of yeah. how I started, yeah. and I was pretty. Um, I didn't cause any problems. So if I had a problem with like a parent or a teacher or something, I kind of would never really mouth off. Mm-hmm. But what I would do is on the way to the bus, I would look at my friend Gary and go, yeah, my mom said, said this to me. And know what I told her? I was like, listen, if you and I would just you would just, I would just make up what I said. Yeah. <laughs> what I said was just hilarious. Yeah. And they're like, what? You said that to your mom? Yeah. And then my dad came in and I'm all like, "Whoa, you don't. And then I do a callback and then I would oh. kind of see like I could just lie about these scenarios. And I sound like, and that's exactly what I do on stage. That's why I hate when my family comes to see me because they know that's not how the trip to Florida went. Right. <laughs> no, oh, my mother. If they, I would tell the truth about my mother, then you know we color things in. Yeah, she she never believed the true stuff. Yeah, she could, I was. I told a story about her on a Tonight Show. She's like, Adam, why do you tell these stories about me on the television? They're not true at all. I have evidence. My, I had a letter. My my. Uh, Edie Fal- I was on a, a show with Edie Falco and, uh, and you know, she we become friends with two years. We were on a show together. So that was, that was the credibility for my mother boys. I, yeah. Yeah. They didn't care. Top gear. They didn't care. My mother, my son is, is working with Edie Soprano. So now <laughs> uh, yeah. right, the queen of the day room in the, in her community. All right, yeah. So she's watching the interviews on Edie. He's got two kids. She's a single mom. Okay. So my mom, Knits. Since my father died, that's how she processes grief. So I have more Afghans than Kabul. (laughs) (laughs) So she made these hats. She she goes, I made these winter hats for Edie's kid. She's a single mother. She's working. When does she have time to knit? I don't know, Ma. So she sends me these hats, right? Boys, they're awful. They're like the brim. They're like little elephant man hats. The brim is on the side. One side is too big. Yeah. I almost was going to go buy hats and give them to Edie, but I, I said, right, right. My, yeah, mother, my mother, made them. yeah, they're terrible, but I promised her I'd give them to Edie. Yeah. Got she got all choked up. She sent her a card, she hand wrote a card, she put it in the mail, 
And she mailed it to my mother. My mother calls me up. Let me tell you what a lady Edie Soprano is. Okay. (laughs) There was no email. She didn't push send. She got a gift. She went to the store. She bought a card. She licked a stamp and she sent me a letter. I have it right here. I go, what'd you do with it? Well, I made a copy. I had one of them I had laminated. I put it in the curio. (laughs) The other one I put in my bag to show the girls. So I tell the story on The Tonight Show, right? Edie's laughing. We come in the next day. My mother's like, why do you make this stuff up? I go, Ma, the letter's right there. (laughs) You did it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, John, you have that storytelling stuff in your act that I like. I love your bit. When you're out to dinner with your wife and some couples get in a fight and your marriage gets infected by the fight. Yeah. It, it, you know how it, it's funny. Let me show you how I refurbish bits. Right? <laughs> so after so after I got divorced, I had all this this uh, marriage material and it was good stuff. And I didn't know how. You know, it's like it feels like such a waste, but I didn't want to lie. So now what I did with that exact bit, I switched it to COVID. And say that they're super spreaders, and I take that same thing, and that's why I'm glad that we're six feet apart, is so arguments don't jump from table to table. So I took that bit and gave it to a different couple, and then do that. And it's <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. smoke and mirror. It's funny, funny. It's take. Yeah. It's the smoke and mirror. That's Let me ask you, Adam, how just about writing because I got excited because I did. Uh, I'm horrible at sitting down and going, okay, I'm going to write some, some, I'm going to write. Yeah, me too. I write on stage. Do it for somebody who wanted writing help, right? Some other comics. So I go, okay, I'll sit down and I'll try to do. So I kind of did it for, for that person, but I don't do it for myself. So I went on stage this, this weekend in San Francisco and I just told a story about something that happened to me at this Amazon go place and it crushed. It's one of those like things where the first time uh, you do something, it just feels new in the audience. Yeah, yeah. But then when you do it the second show, it's like, meh. Yeah. You know, you John, do it the real quick, for those people who are uh, in my hometown who don't know what Amazon Go is, what, what is that? So that's what I talked about. So when I was okay. in San Francisco, uh, nobody's working anywhere. Every, every store is closed. Everything is for lease. My favorite Italian restaurant was open from 4.30 to 5.17 because the, the guy had to get his mom out of the rest home to cook. Like everything is, it's kind of weird. You're just walking yeah. around and it's a ghost town. So I'd walk into stores and wouldn't see anybody. I walked into this Amazon Go place. It looked like a 7-Eleven and there was no, there was like, but no cashier or I didn't even see a checkout place. And I'm mm-hmm. walking around and I don't see anybody. And I take my mask and I put it just on my my chin just because I'm like, I'm the only one in here. And this guy came out of just this back room, um, very sassy, I guess I'll describe it. Right. The guy came out of Mario Cantone and he just goes, your mask needs to be up. And and just walked away that. And then so then I'm walking around and I grab I literally grab a Dr. Pepper. Doritos, a five-hour energy, and some almond uh, protein bar. And I'm holding it like this. You're a health nut. Yeah, I'm a health nut, <laughs> right? right? And I'm holding like that. And then the sassy guy comes out, and I go, I don't uh, – and I'm holding it like this. I go, how do I – is there a scanner? How do I pay for this? And the guy said, just leave. <laughs> so 
I tried doing a bit where I go to him and I go, I, uh, are you still pissed about the mask? That was Daniel Tosh's green room. And he, just goes, <laughs> he, goes, he goes, just leave. And I go, I don't, how do I pay for this? He goes, just leave. You'll get billed for it 20 minutes later. I'm holding the stuff like this. I scan nothing. I walk out of the store. 20 minutes later, I have an email from Amazon itemized of everything I bought and then told me how long I was in the store. Wow. Right. So that kind of happened. But then I was trying to do bits about how many times in a relationship have you got kicked out where your girlfriend was like or wife is like, just leave. And you don't even know why. And then wouldn't it be great if 20 minutes later you got a text of all the shit you did wrong? And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I was. For. So I was trying to. But, but one, uh, Adam, if you had a bit like that and after 30 yeah. years, I should ask writing. How would you start to. uh like refine that? Would you write that down, or just every time on stage you would try to tell it? I, 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 I learned my the way my machine works is I process by listening because it came from the comedy album. We were kids. Like I rarely watch videotapes unless I'm putting an Instagram clip together. You know when it was around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I really so I, I process by listening. So in answer to your question, do I write it out? I, I'll write it out with a pen just to see where the holes are. Like I'll write the sentences and I'll skip a line, and there should be a laugh at the end of that sentence. So I skip a line for the next thought. So it's a visual editing kind of thing, but I rarely write it out long. Like all the specials I've done, the albums, they're not written out. They're just the act. Yeah. Cause we just mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. It's you just sort of do it like in beats or rhythm. Like you hit yeah, yeah. points. Like I definitely want to mention this thing and this, I thought this was funny and this next thing. And then over time, cause I do this, I do it the same way, Adam. Mm. I just, I take the idea and a couple of bullet points, and I go up there, and whatever comes out of me, <laughs> if it's funny, I'll yeah. remember it. If it didn't work, I'll know immediately. And yeah, I don't. I, I, I used to do this, too. but yeah, mm -hmm. I build hammocks. Like I'll get, like I'll know I'm going to start this ten minutes. Bang, 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 and yeah. then I'll go into the audience for however long I want to go, and then I'll, I'll I'll set a question in my mind that leads to the next bit I want to do. So it looks, you know, it's this. It mm -hmm. looks. Seamless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. but you know, I know, and sometimes I, if I'm riffing, and I don't know if you guys do this, if I'm riffing and I have an idea, the bit that's not working, or it's an idea that I don't have yet, I'll put it in the question I ask for them because now it's not my point of view; it's in a different environment, and I can see something different, and I'll get a different answer from them. So I'm actually using. I like. I, I look at it as sculpting. I'm using the audience as a chisel mm -hmm. to help me cut, mm -hmm. make, yeah. make it into something. Yeah, I, like I, I was I always love that when I'm talking to the audience and I'm talking to a couple or something and I'm like, how are you guys? And da da da. And I, and I just it, like a bad attorney. I just lead them. Well, I mean, you guys have bought orange juice together, right? And then right. they're like, yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing about orange juice. Yeah. You know, and you find <laughs> and you find your way. Yeah. 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 I'll put it. I'll put it in the tag. Like I'll put shit that I want to get to in the tag. Yeah. The best ones I get if there's a callback tag leader, you get a triple <laughs> crown. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. yeah, John. But seriously, I did. I had never heard. Maybe because I'm over here in Hickory, an mm -hmm. Amazon uh, Amazon Go. Well, I, the, I didn't know that the, was the a joke place. I did on, on stage gate, was like, I'm lost in what the hell are we talking about? Yeah, the, the the joke I did on stage was I was confused with the guy. I'm like, I don't understand. I didn't pay for this. Uh, am I paying for Amazon loot? Like Amazon looting is like a service that you can pay for 14 bucks a month where you can just go in and steal shit and then oh. walk out. But it literally, 
is I don't know how they scan it. I haven't figured out the technology or even looked it up of how they know. Like I think three of like, us walked in there. It's like the mini bar in, in the classy hotels that uh, the, you pick them up. And it knows. Yeah. Down, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like. Uh, uh, and then when you walk out, there's probably a, there's probably the barcode had probably between the door jams. There's, you got to walk in there with a sandbag dude. and put it on the thing like like uh, Indiana Jones. Did. Yeah. No, guy, I, I literally because I, I asked on stage if the three of us walked in that place and we had a bag of Doritos and we started Harlem globetrottering it, right? Toss it to Reap and then he throws it to Ferrara. Then mm-hmm. I, I catch it under my legs and we both all three leave at the same time. Who gets charged? Um, you you only use your barcode when you get in. So you get your phone. It lets you in the door. Okay. Right, and your phone's in your pocket for the rest of the time. So I don't know how it associates with you. Like I think what it does and the barcode. There's not scanners because it, it says, imagine every item in 7-Eleven having to be on a scanner. I didn't I have a video of it, actually. I'm going to look to see if there's a scanner. But I don't know. It's pretty amazing. So when you were when you were describing it in the beginning part, John, because I'm really just trying to break down because you were asking how would you do this, right? I, I was confused out the gate because I didn't know what an Amazon Go was. I would have had to have taken a minute to say it's a store where you walk into and you can take whatever you want and see? they bill you later. But see, I thought it was like walking inside of a vending machine. But everything's out in the open. You just grab it, huh? Okay. Yeah. Did, did you see the video? Let me. Yeah, I, that's, what I was, that's what I was looking at. I, see, I really thought it was like yeah. a vending machine. But no, this is like – it's like a regular store. And you just walk in and grab stuff. Nobody, look at nobody anywhere. And you just leave. They have, oh, they have like a grocery this. bag you can grab. And you, if for 25 cents, you could throw everything in a bag, just like you're playing supermarket sweep and walk out. Like and it that. told me I was in the store for four minutes and 42 seconds. And it had every everything itemized. You were in the store for four minutes and 42 seconds. You thought yeah. about the girl across the street naked, you perv, and you bought a doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Can you imagine if it, it just started like you go to pick up the Doritos and then you get an email going, eh, you've, you've kind of eaten a lot of carbs this week. Like You, are, you know, good. it's been a long time since you called your mother. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right, Adam. So, we, uh, you are this weekend. Do now, this week, John, I forgot. Make this a little week. thing. Hold on. Let me see. I know I'm in. Um, Actually, uh, uh, Wednesday. I start Wednesday. I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Then I'm in Park, Michigan, Thursday. Uh, then I'm back in Grand Rapids, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan on Friday. And then Saturday, I'm at the Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, October, depending on if it's 2050, October 6th, 7th, 8th, uh, 9th, 2021, year of our Lord. Yep. Right? That's what but, year it is. Yeah. Then I'm in Hilarious. Like the then I'm at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Uh, in uh, in um, uh, Uncasville, Connecticut, and all the tour dates are up on adamferrar.com. And I used to be followed by John Heffron, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. John, see you rape. It's been too long, my friend. You too, brother. And I agree. And thanks for doing this, man. And I hope to uh, I hope to work with you and be on your show. Well, yeah. Like, I got I to gotta have both of you on my show. We'll have some laughs. I really enjoyed my time with you guys. And yeah. Let's make a deal now. If, if you guys ever work with each other, the three of us, whoever's going up last has to walk on stage first and introduce it. Introduce the other guy. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. 
Easy. And no one's going to give a shit, but we'll do it. Yeah, right. yeah. You got it. You're going to love Michigan. Michigan people are awesome. You're going to love all those places. And be scared that it's in a bowling alley. It's a real nice bowl. Remember, Reap? That's when it's like 50 lanes. It's in, yeah. it's, it's Michigan insane. is all about bowling. It's like, yeah, that's their thing, you know. Oh. So, so you'll love it. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it, boys. I can Is give you a video. video right? Yes. All right. Take care, Ed. Be good, brother. Take See care. you. All That's right. If they click off. Yeah, nice. I love him. Yeah, he knows where to just hang up. That's he great. came up on. Oh, John, did I save this? I might have a video. Hold on. I took a picture last night. I w- was trying to figure out what to watch. Hold on. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Stop. Is it on Netflix? No, it said, oh, I can't find it. It's, it was on Amazon Prime, okay. and it had um, Who to Watch included on your Prime, and you were on there, and Adam was on there, and I think I took a picture. Wow. Of See, your it's thing, like it kinda, it kinda these came apps out. are getting so good at not just knowing what you were just talking about, but what but you're, you're talking going about. to talk about. Yes. It's predicting it the future. Yeah. That's how good. That's how good. Damn. I'm right, so, so happy we're alive during this time. Yes. So I have no idea if you're watching this. Maybe you watched it on, on those gas pumps that show video. Maybe maybe we should get a podcast on those things. You ever think about that? We'll go That's to the gas great pump. great idea. Dude, we'll reach out to them. And we'll I watch like, that hey, stuff all the time. John Reaper on Pump 7. Don't forget to get Pepsi and chips inside and you have a safe trip. Yeah. Yeah. Heffernreap.com. Check me out. I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> which, by the way, I got to plug my tour dates because yes. I don't know what you're doing this weekend. What are you doing this weekend? I'm home. I'm doing nothing. All right. Well, uh, that means go to heffordandreap.com and check out yeah. some old episodes. Uh, yeah. But if you're in Raleigh, and I know Hefford has family in that area, yeah. uh, come see me at Good Nights Comedy Club. I'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 7, 8, and 9. Uh, come to the shows. Uh, got uh, got some good stuff I'm working on, and don't buy me a drink because I'm not drinking this whole month, dude. I forgot about. So, how are you sleeping? That that you're not drinking? I have questions for you, but I'm gonna save it for you. You're not drinking the entire month, but how are you? Do you think your sleep's better after four days, or yeah, yeah? It? The hard part so far is going to sleep okay. because I had a routine where I would be like, all right. I'll sit here. I'll have a cocktail. That'll help me get a little drowsy. Maybe take a sleeping pill. But now what I do is I'm not even messing with that. I just, I am looking forward to my meals. Like I'm looking forward to pigging mm-hmm. out. I'm, I'm not trying to get like the diet down yet. I'm just not doing the drinks. Gotcha. But eventually that will lead to more energy and more enthusiasm to work on the diet as well. And um, also, yeah. other round question I know we're about to leave. Are you dressing up for Halloween? Yes. I have a teaser. So I'm going to get something. I've figured out my costume. And I think for the next three weeks, I'm only going to show you one part of the costume. And you have to guess it before Halloween. Okay. I can sense? do that with my costume as well. That would be fun. So be I'm fun gonna, mine's literally on this chair up behind me. I'm going to put it on. And I'm just going to stare at you. And then we'll just end the podcast. I don't even need <laughs> you. Okay. I'm going to tell you. Okay. But this is going to be my costume. Are you doing it now? Okay, good. 
Yeah. So John Heffern's getting his costume. It's literally behind him. I just bought mine not long ago. Looking forward to wearing it. John Heffern is putting on what looks to be a bicycle helmet. And he's looking right at the camera. He's adjusting. That's the only clue you're getting. Lance Armstrong. That's, That's this okay. week's clue. I can't hear you. Bicycle <laughs> helmet. Yeah, bicycle helmet. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Well, that's it. Bicycle. Since you love the Heffron and Reap Show, please go to iTunes and let them know. Rank the show and leave a comment. We don't care what you write, you know. They Heffron and Reap have low self-esteem.